Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to So I Got To Thinking, the weekly podcast where we take the iconic questions of Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and apply them to modern life and love. This week you are listening to Twosies, Juno Dawson and Threesies, Dylan B. Jones. Hi Dylan. Hi Juno. What is Foursies? I've never played it. I couldn't <laughs> tell you what Jax is. It involves peanuts and a bouncy ball. Yeah, and a cup. what me and my sister used to call a cup. Um, I've never seen a girl want to have sex as much as Shayna, the bartender there. <laughs> like, she is ready She's gunning for, for it. Peeny. She's gunning for it. Oh she's, my God, she de- she desires him. Absolutely. She's just come out of a six-month lockdown and she's, she's hungry for it. Um... Season f- I, f- I hear where she's coming from. Oh yeah, he's looking Aiden's good. really hot. He's really hot. John Corbett. Um, mm. Season four, mm. episode seven, mm-hmm. Time and Punishment. Mm-hmm. Or is it um, Crime and Punishment? Time. I think it's Time and Punishment. I think it's a I pun. I think it's Crime and Punishment. Oh. Maybe. On, one <laughs> we'll have to Google we should, we should probably get it right. <laughs> um, Sex and the City, series four. Step one, get the episode title right. Oh, it is. It is Time and Punishment. You're right. Crime and Punishment is something <laughs> is it a quite birth? a famous novel. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's quite, quite, it's quite a big one. It's had some limited success. Yeah, but not as um, successful. So yeah, as your books, obviously. <laughs> no, I like to think in in hundreds of years' time we'll still be talking about my yeah. my YA novel. Oh, absolutely. Um, say her name. That the story of Bloody Mary is. <laughs> It's a parable for our time, I think. <laughs> totally. So time, sorry, time and punishment, yeah. Dylan. Do you have inputted synopsis, I, as they say in France? I do indeed. I do indeed. So, not my favourite episode this week, really. Now, I know with my head that this episode is not a great episode. And yet yeah. I really have a soft spot for this one. I don't know why. Oh. But why, why is this not your fave? So, wait, so I'll do potted synopsis quickly first. Okay. So, firstly, Charlotte is trying to find a replacement for herself at her gallery because she's choosing mm-hmm. to move on, which I think is... That's actually my favourite part of the of the episode, is Charlotte's storyline. Yes. I think, I think really, I've got lots to say about that, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, Miranda hurts her neck and falls on the bathroom floor. 
Um, Which I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, Samantha, like, really minimal stuff for Samantha this week. She's sort of barely in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, is mm-hmm. shagging a guy who she whose cab she jumps in. Um, and Carrie and Aiden are, like, really struggling through this kind of... Um, this kind of back and forth where like he's still hanging on to things with big and it's frustrating her. And it was that, that's the reason I didn't like it. I just really found it all really uncomfortable. And I found his behavior really uncomfortable and like actually quite nasty. Mm. I didn't like her either particularly. Um, And apart from Charlotte's, I didn't particularly find Miranda or uh, Samantha's storylines particularly funny or entertaining either. On this watch, I think I am fully hearing you about Aiden being kind of for the first and last time, like really problematic. Yeah. Like if Aiden is meant to be our unproblematic fave, this this is him engaging in some quite dodgy behaviour. Because yeah, he's cruel to Carrie. Yeah. Um we have often said on this podcast that Carrie struggles to communicate. Yeah. And there is some evidence of that once again. So to put it into context, um, mid thrust, big leaves an answering machine message for Carrie. Yeah. While, while Aiden is inside her, which yeah. is, don't get me wrong, deeply unpleasant for everyone. Um, she still manages to come. Good. Yes. Enough. It made me think like answer phones must've mm-hmm. been such a fucking minefield. Like imagine if like, every WhatsApp message you got was read out to, like, the, the house, <laughs> like, on a loudspeaker. Um, yeah. Yeah, d- difficult. <laughs> and she initially, Carrie becomes this really cringy monster where she's, like, fetching him orange juice and kind of buttering him up in lots of conversational ways. But then she does... She does do what we have always told her to do, which is she addresses the elephant in the room. And she says, look, is this about what happened the other night? And then Aiden becomes a big baby and says, no, I'm stressed out because, you know, I've got a lot of work on and I can't find anybody to look after my dog, which is passive aggressive nonsense. Yeah. And and I tell you what, my least favourite trait in men is sulking. Me too. I cannot. I cannot. Me too. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Like, I can't stand it. I, I literally cannot tolerate it. And I'll just say, like, much quicker than Carrie did. I'll just be like, right, what? T- tell me what is wrong. Don't, and don't, also don't, like, lie to me or, like, try and soften it. Just fucking tell me rather than this back and forth because I absolutely cannot cope with this. Um, it, it is not the one yeah and and Aiden is really vile like he's so passive when he when he tells her her breath smells yeah and, and when he like and slaps then, the nicotine patch on yeah he literally hits her yeah, yeah. Uh, um it's not nice and we don't really ever we don't really ever see this behavior again from Aiden until his very last episode, yeah. where once again, he just cannot say what it is that's troubling him. And actually, spoilers, in the end, it's his paranoia about Big mm. that actually is that that dooms them. He, you know, this this whole episode um, carries question, can you ever forgive if you can't forget? Um, which is kind of the whole thing, which is um, the Carrie and Aiden storyline this week culminates well, kind of it quite, quite 
in quite an awkward conversation where, where Carrie begs for forgiveness. Mm. Um, and, you know, she, she says, you know, it's very clear that Aiden is not going to be able to forget the fact that she cheated on him. But he has to forgive her if their relationship is going to move forward. And actually, yeah. I think one of the things this episode does quite well is it makes a distinction between forgiveness and forgetting, which is, you know, short of Kat Carrie points out possibly um, the benefit of a frontal lobotomy, which I think is quite extreme. Um no one is asking you to go full. Of all her weird metaphors, I thought that was one of that was up there with the weirdest. Like, and it was the way that she was talking about it. Like, oh, I wish we could all just have a lobotomy. And it's like, is that is that healthy, Carrie, to, <laughs> to be thinking that? No, I've never seen it, but I believe that is the plot of the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, right. I think is that the plot that you can. It's about a service where you can have painful memories removed, and, and uh. actually, I think. I, it's so funny because we, without having seen that film, I've heard so many people talk about it. I think I kind of have a gist. Yeah. And it's about Jim Carrey trying to forget his time with Kate Winslet, I think. Yeah. Um, um, and so, yeah, that's what Carrie wants. Uh, or rather, she wants it for Aiden, which is a bit Willow in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, if only I could erase Tara's memory. <sighs> um, yeah, very that. Um, and so, yeah, she just begged. Now, I would have said, if I was Carrie in this situation, I would have said to Aiden look if we are going to have any kind of hope of moving forward we've got to move on as a couple like Aiden you have made an adult decision to take me back knowing that I once cheated on you yeah now you can either live with that or I need to get out because you're being a dick yeah and that's why what I would have said that's why he is at fault as well like he is at fault without without a shadow of a doubt he is at fault in this episode yeah how big is carrie's bed by the way like oh my god i'm so glad you (laughs) noticed that now now is carrie's bed like a super king size bed or is carrie the size of a small marsupial well it's also added to the fact that beds everything in america is like a good few inches bigger um, well, well, <laughs> and I'm speaking from experience there. Um, no, like Chris and I noticed when we went to uh, <laughs> when we went to Boston a couple of years ago, and we met this guy. No, um, and um, the, just the everything's bigger. Like the beds in hotels are bigger, and like for the first time, I noticed my feet weren't because I'm like just over six foot, and I noticed that my feet were not hanging over the end, which was lovely. Um, but beds are bigger in America, so maybe it's that. Oh, or maybe they just... Maybe the set designers just gave her a huge bed, like, for effect. To show how to, far away. To, yeah, to show that Aiden... Cause, so this is one of the reasons why I really loved this episode when I was, like, what, 20? Was because... I... There was so this is really worrying that I missed a lot of the red flagginess from Aiden in this episode, mm. and I actually thought he was like a really great boyfriend, because to my mind the goal in life was to find a big strong man like Aiden Shaw who would let me sleep in his nook. Yeah, and I sort of saw that as being the sign of a good, you know, that that was when I would know I had made it. Yeah. You know, when I found a man where I could get inside his nook and be like a little, a little Joey, the way that Carrie is, kind of. 
Now, the irony is, of course, as an adult, I recognise that sleeping next to people is basically intolerable because <laughs> you just get really hot and bothered. And actually, I sleep about as far away from Max as I can get with a fan blowing directly in my face every night. Um, and that's just what my poor husband has to tolerate. Um, I mean, I do love a cuddle like before sleep and maybe sometimes in the morning, but for actual sleep, I don't want to be anywhere near his nook. Yeah, like you have I like know. you have like maybe or actually I'm speaking for me and Chris, but you have maybe like five minutes, five or ten minutes, and then mm-hmm. you move away from each other and actually go to sleep. Correct. Like, the hug and roll. Yeah, yeah hug the hug and, and roll. roll. Yeah. The hug and roll. Just, yeah, be just be gone. Yeah. And um, and also, I really, I do, I love the fact, you know, the fact that Carrie has found a man who is willing to give up part of his day to go and help her friend. Yeah. Um. That was a really um, sweet scene, I thought. Yes. Aiden and Miranda. Um, because they're, you know, obviously John Carver and Cynthia Nixon very rarely got scenes together. Yeah. But this is probably their one and only scene that is just them. Yeah. In the, in the whole thing. And, and I think they play it really, really well. There's a sort of like a very sweet closeness to them. Yeah. Kind of. And I was going to say, yeah, like really connected to that. I was going to say, um, I remembered when we noticed a while ago when Samantha and Charlotte had a scene together and we realised, oh, it's really rare that two characters have a scene without Carrie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's happened with... Oh, Stanford had a couple of scenes by himself having his own adventures, but that's not the same because it's like... um, But yeah, so Aidan and and Miranda, like that's another example of it. Um, Mm. And it was sweet. And I wonder why they included that. Maybe they included that so that viewers like didn't hate Aiden quite so much because he was being such an arsehole for the rest of it such an arse um and as well did this notion I think so one of one of the themes that Carrie's thread plays on is this this notion of inner relationship are there heroes and villains mm. and and because Carrie cheated with Big she is the villain and Aiden is the sort of the white knight who rescues Miranda from her bathroom floor when she throws her neck out um, which is hilarious, and the phrase "snug as a bug in a rug" is so cute, so Aiden, <laughs> so Big would never say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, seen it all before, ma'am. Um, in fact, and I, Big, just, I, just... I don't know if Big would go. I don't. Th- I can't picture Big going to help Miranda like that. He'd send Raoul, you know, the driver. Oh, yeah, he, would he would literally send Raoul, the driver. It's exactly, and Paul Miranda would be like, "Don't come in, Raoul." <laughs> and so Carrie, um, it culminates with her deciding so Carrie is constantly trying to get back in Aiden's good books even though she fucked big loads of times yeah and she hopes that if she walks Pete the dog once um she will be forgiven for having another man inside her yeah um so she decides to walk a dog in white stilettos her discuss all of I mean I'm glad you brought up her styling because her styling in this episode (laughs) Was not. I love all her outfits. This to me, the outfit in the bar, so the pencil skirt with the belly top and the flat cap, yeah, could be my all-time favorite carry outfit. Wow! I'm just gonna put that one out there. Do you know what? I loved it as soon as she took the, the flat cap off. I just hate that flat cap. I can't. I can't get over it. 
oh, it's so wrong. It's right to me. It's so <laughs> and I, then the, just in the per, the giant ponytail that she's got strapped to her head. As oh, well. I love I love a giant ponytail. As soon as she took the black cap off, I was like, yes, I'm here for this. But also like, yeah, when they were walking the dog and she's wearing that like boxy jacket with the flat cap. I was like, no, I'm sorry. So two different kinds of stripes. So she's wearing like a pinstripe. I would describe it as like, like a spoiled Edwardian boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's kind of how I would describe it. And then like she this... does that like very, as she's leaving the bar, when she looks back at Sheena, Shayna, she does Shana. that very SJP look, which is that like, listeners can't see, but that kind of like, that kind of like double SJP look back. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, she's good. Oh, she is good. She is um, good. Actually, did I tell you that I've made contact with the lovely Instagrammer, um, Just Like That Closet? Um, I reached out to her. Amazing. So this is a big, a big Instagram, um, a big Instagram account called Just, it's Just Like That Closet yeah. on Instagram. It's a fan page. It's not affiliated with and Just Like That or HBO Max. Um, however, very, very quickly, she's so on it with posting the set pictures from when just like that. So there's not going to be any spoilers here. <clears throat> but if you, in fact, actually, if you go on the Instagram, that there aren't any spoilers. It's literally just the outfits they're wearing. Mm. Um, and so she, she's now got 90,000 followers in the space of a few weeks. Wow. Um, I asked her to come on. Now, she is in Odessa in the Ukraine. And don't get me wrong, her English is 7,000 times better than my Ukrainian. Look at it that way. <laughs> but um, I think she didn't feel quite confident enough to come on an English-speaking podcast. Yeah. Um, but I sent her some questions and yeah. she's answered them. Oh, amazing. Her name is Victoria Bazalinchuk. Um, like I said, she's in the Ukraine. Um, she started off amazingly. So what I really like is I totally respect Victoria's grift. She wants to be an influencer. Great. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And right now she's a teacher, but she's only 23 years old. And she basically runs a bunch of inf in, um, a bunch of Instagram accounts. Mm. Um, amazing one. And I think you're going to really, really love this. Dress Like Rita. Which is um, all of Rita Ora's um, Rita Ora's class said costumes. Rita Ora is not a character; she's a real woman. Well, um, well, <laughs> um, like there's one for Lucy Hale's closet, like one of the old Pretty Little Liars. Oh, cool! Um, what a great, um, what a great concept and simple concept for like for Instagram accounts. Yeah, and I mean. You know she's done really well to get ninety thousand followers yeah. so fast, and basically she was a she got in ahead of HBO Max basically, yeah. and I think she realised really really quickly that the the speculation of what they're wearing in and just like that is as fevered as knowing what's going to happen for the characters. Yeah, yeah. And actually now there is an official just like that costume Instagram. Um, but they're still not as fast as Victoria is at getting getting the photos up. And what Victoria is doing is she she will also tell you exactly where to buy the outfits mm. because a lot of them are from current collections. Mm. So you know, in a matter of minutes, you know, you can buy the actual clothes that they're wearing in the new series. Wow! Um, it hasn't 
all gone swimmingly. Um, she's got a lot of hate. She said, it was meant to be fun and I'm really, really happy that my work is drawing so much attention. The only drawback I faced was hate towards the actresses and then towards me. Wow. For some, yeah, for some reason, some people seem to think it's okay to DM me nasty things or calling me names or pointing out that my English isn't very good, which feels really cunty. Um, she said, at first I was quite upset, but then I stopped caring. I can't please everyone. And I really don't want to because I don't want to lose my identity doing this. Um, Good for you, Victoria. Also, if you have an issue with like people not speaking English, maybe don't use the internet because it's an international <laughs> platform. So Right, exactly. <laughs> and she <laughs> makes a really good hell. point as well, that she considers Carrie Bradshaw to be a fashion influencer. Yes. In that she said, you know, this, you know, whether it was Sarah Jessica Parker or Carrie Bradshaw or Patricia Field, you know, they did set the conversation. And I wonder after this episode, how many people thought, God, I wonder if I can pull off a 22 inch ponytail and a flat cap. <laughs> oh, she's oh hugely influential. I have one look that is inspired directly from Sex and the City. Which is my long camouflage? Is it your tutu? No, it's my it's my pink tutu and my white crop top. No, it's my long camouflage bandana that I sometimes wear to festivals, and that is inspired by Samantha's Chanel bandana that she wears in season five. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, but for me, I think it was the saddlebag handbags, <laughs> um, aviator shades. Oh which... yeah were a very strong look for Carrie in like season two. Yeah. Um and yeah, pencil skirts and crop tops. I mean my stomach is never <laughs> gonna look like Sarah Jessica Parker. Um yeah, I will not be you will not see me in a crop top. Um I don't care. I don't care what little Mick say. I'm not wearing a crop top. Do a leaper. Um so it's never gonna happen. But yeah no Carrie looks banging. Um and she does get to, you know we know Sarah Jessica Parker does not like swearing. She she drops the f bomb yes, when I... when she catches Aiden with with Shane, and she's like, "Well, why don't you fuck her so we can both be bad?" Do you know what? It is quite good. even though we made fun of her for this a few episodes ago for not like wanting to drop the f bomb. It's a good tool because it means that when she does, it's very impactful. You're like, "Oh, oh my god, she said fuck." Um, mm. Yeah. That's true. And that was quite a powerful scene. Well, not powerful, but it was quite a, like, impactful scene when she, like, goes and jumps in the taxi. Yeah, I mean, she could have said, do you know what, Aiden? You're being a little dick. Why don't you get in touch with me when you can figure out if you can behave like an adult? Because, you know, while you're sulking and kind of... It feels... Because it frustrates me. Then when he comes back to Carrie's after she screams fuck at him in the street... With the memorable phrase, I diapered your dog. <laughs> um, um, which, to be fair, she does do. Um, <laughs> then Aiden's like, I don't want to come in because I'm pissed. But I'm like, you were flirting outrageously with a barmaid. Kind of to make Carrie feel bad. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And he even admits, you know, he thought about fucking Shayna, you know, kind of. So, yeah, Aiden, neither Aiden nor Carrie really cover themselves in glory. Yeah, none of them. This, this week. Yeah, neither of them are particularly likeable. Although, as we said, like, Carrie's in the right, I think. Um, it was. I think I, she is. I thought it was a very Carrie move to, 
when when Aiden clearly needed his own space and I was having his like quote unquote guys night, which it turns out it actually wasn't. But it was a very mm-hmm. carry move to like turn up and interrupt that in a ridiculous outfit. Like she just couldn't resist <laughs> she just can't resist. Like she has to like she can't just leave people to it. <laughs> Dressed like a spy in a guy Ritchie film. Oh um, my god, very that. <laughs> mm. I mean, how else can you describe the outfit? Um, but yeah, no, and I mean, Miranda calls out Carrie as well. She says it's bullshit. You bullshit know, bagels. When, when Car- yeah, bullshit bagels. When Carrie has shirked her friendship duty. Although, to be fair, if as a writer you have a meeting with your editor, you can't just not turn up to your meeting because your friend has a bad neck. To yeah. Be fair, to Carrie. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. And I think Carrie didn't quite realise how bad this is. If, if she had known that Miranda was like on the floor and couldn't move. She probably would have gone mm. over. She didn't realise how bad it you was. You see, do you know what this is? It's because Miranda can't call an ambulance because it would cost her $50,000 in America. Whereas <laughs> in this country, possibly you just call NHS 111 and oh, they tell you to put some ice on it. Oh, do you know what? I often think about that. And I often think of like the little health worries that I've had and gone, gone and got checked out. And I've just thought mm. like, if I had had to pay for that, would I have done that? Probably not. Probably. Um, anyway, shout out to our um, American listeners who have to pay for healthcare. Um, let's take a break. <laughs> yes. Depending on where you are in the world, you know, in this country, you'll probably have an advert for like Betfred. But in America, <laughs> maybe it's a pharmaceutical company trying to sell you antidepressants. Um, so whatever the advert is, enjoy. See you in a sec. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, and welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. This week, we're talking about season four, episode seven, Time and Punishment. Um, Carrie and Aiden have, I think, categorically answered the question, can you ever really forgive if you can't forget? And actually... Yes. Yeah. Well, well, no, because Aiden says he's forgiven her. He hasn't really. And lets really. her back in the nook. But as we'll find out in about six weeks' time, he actually hasn't quite moved on from yeah. from Big. In fact, actually, God, we've got a whole bunch of Aiden and Big. We've got willy the, waggling. We've got the cabin. 
We've got mm, Carrie. We've got Carrie ordering large fries in a cosmopolitan at a drive-in. We've got all of. In fact, that's quite an iconic episode, isn't it? The cabin. Oh, I hate that. I hate anyone where they leave New York. <laughs> Basically, if they leave Manhattan, I don't like it. It's a general rule of thumb for me. Um, I don't like the LA ones. I don't like the cabin ones. I definitely don't like Abu Dhabi. I know what um, you mean. Like all shows try and do this at some point, and I cannot think of mm, an example of it working. Off the top of my head. No, it doesn't work. No. Um, let's move on to what I think is actually the way more interesting plot this week, which is Charlotte and her decision to give up her career, not just a job. She hasn't given up a part-time job at the post office. Yeah. She has given up a career in the arts to try to get pregnant, to glaze bowls. To cure, cure AIDS. To, cure aids which is quite the ambition um and i think this is a really interesting conversation for us to get into totally and i will say this we've said many many times the other f-bomb feminism Mm. is never once mentioned in sex and the city however did you notice this week charlotte mentions the women's movement yes to which as, as justification for her giving up her career to to glaze bowls, to which Miranda is incredulous. This is the women's movement. It's eight in the morning. Like, come on. The reason um, um, the reason I found this so interesting is because it's a flip, and it's and it's a flip that is done really quite well, I think. Because sometimes Sex and the City thinks that they're like with uh, Samantha's reverse racism story. That was like mm-hmm. so badly done. I think this is really well done. It's like Charlotte making her own decision about her own life. And the other three quite visibly judging her for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes you think, actually, why shouldn't she? You know, she's autonomous. She's intelligent. If that's what she wants to do, why the fuck not? Um, yeah, I was I, I, I was on her side. Yeah, I mean, and that is, in the strictest possible sense, that is what feminism is meant to be. Charlotte's right. The women's movement is about choices. Yeah. I think it's fairly clear, and I think as the plot shakes out, that Charlotte isn't entirely behind her choice. Mm. And actually, when she um, hires her successor at the gallery and her young acolyte says, you know, why would you give up this position? It's clear that Charlotte is having enormous cold feet. Mm. I'm really, really torn because on one hand, any woman should be able to choose her destiny. Um, on the other hand, women giving up their financial independence just does not sit right. Yeah. And I need to be careful, you know, with what I say, but, you know, I've all, I've heard friends refer to it as your escape fund, mm. which is if a woman is smart, if a man is smart, if anyone is smart, you should have that five grand in a sock yeah. somewhere for if you need to get away. And I have seen this in gay couples, in straight couples, usually where there is some sort of wealth imbalance where yeah. one partner has a lot more than the other. And going to be careful. You know, I've seen partners say, you just don't need to work. You know, I'm making enough money for both of us. You can do up the house. Mm. You can look after the kids full time. It'll save us money on childcare. And yeah, do you know what? 
as childless people, I don't think we can fully fucking grasp what childcare costs. Oh my God. It is a fucking racket, you know, and I think that's something, you know, we're never going to have. We're never going to be able to dismantle the patriarchy while childcare is so exorbitant because, you know, there's this real pressure on, you know, let's get women back to work and let's get women in positions of authority. But it costs, getting, paying someone to look after your kids costs thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. So, you know, there is, there are very real economic reasons for women to give up their careers. Mm. You know, this is not just about choice. But you see, that's then where we start flipping the feminist coin again. Because if you feel financially pressured to give up your career because it makes financial sense, that's not really a choice. That means you've had your hand forced, you know. So, you know, I've seen that with, with some friends as well saying, oh, you know, I would I would love to go back to work. But actually, you know, it's not financially viable for us to do it because I can't earn enough to cover the additional child cost Mm. um but i just think it's one thing you know we charlotte is in a position of extraordinary privilege yeah which is her husband is a new york city heart surgeon you know he is making millions they have a classic six on the upper east side you know then you know he clearly comes from the mcdougall mcdougall family fortune yeah and you're not telling me bunny ever had to work kind of um i bunny was not a working woman was she but it's interesting because this same have you watched hbo max's the white, white lotus. lotus yes i was yes. i was gonna bring it up there's a story like the young journalist in that the young journalist yeah played wonderfully by alexandria daddario um that show who, by the way is incredible. Chris and I are on it's like cracking. episode it's five. Really good. The script ah, is well, just you see, like... That's interesting because I thought the wheels came off slightly in episode five and six. Oh, okay. Um, I don't want to do... I don't want to... Because people are still watching it, so I don't want to do spoilers. Yeah. But for me, I just felt a, all of a sudden a lot of plot kicked in. Okay. I'm like... What 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 is what what? But just the dialogue, the dialogue oh, is just so good. Those two flawless. teenage girls. Oh my god. Are, maybe Grandpa was a power bottom. Amazing. I, um, I actually interviewed um, the friend of the daughter for The Guardian because she was in another show last year. Um, Bri- no way. Yeah, Brittany O'Grady. She Brady. Was, what, she was what was in, she in last year? She was in an Apple TV show that I can't remember the name of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> professional, Amazing. Professional journalism. Yeah. Um, but she's an absolute sweetheart and just so intelligent and cool. She's so. going to be a star yeah. as well because I think she was the standout. I mean, to... Sydney Sweeney is legitimately a star, and so I think she held her own against Sydney Sweeney from yeah. Euphoria and Sharp Objects. Um, um, so shout out to shout out to Brittany O'Grady. But, um, but White Lotus, yeah, deals with the same thing, which is we have a young professional from Manhattan who was married into old money, and then the matriarch, her mother-in-law, says, "Why, why are you working? Why are you wasting your time? You know, join a board. You know, if you if you want to do good in the world, you know, join a board. Have some luncheons, and that's kind of Charlotte's new destiny. Again, in the show, it feels like Charlotte isn't entirely on board with her own choice, but I think we, as mere mortals, I don't know if London is entirely equivalent." Maybe if we spent a lot of time in Chelsea and Fulham. 
Yeah. There is a, t- a type of woman who does not need to work and she goes to lots of lunches and, you know, just sees the personal trainer and has affairs. And, yeah. and God, maybe there's, maybe there's a Real Housewives of London, you know, TV show in my future. I don't know. But um... <laughs> there was a point when allegedly the Real Housewives of Brixton was going to get made, which I would have absolutely been all over <laughs> but there um, is there's about to be i think a reality show on e4 about um peckham amazing um, about, um yeah so check that one out but um i think it's very unfashionable now for women to um in a similar way to the way that the other ladies judge charlotte i think women would would feel judged and probably would get judged a lot more these days if they were like oh i don't work you know i i've just uh, my my marriage is my work. Um, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. As a recently married woman, I wouldn't mm. say that my marriage is work. I think running a home is work. Mm. So I we have a cleaner because it felt to me like I'm, you know, it was very, very clear to, to me that Max and I would do an equal amount of housework yeah. or we would share a cleaner. Yeah. And that was what we did. Yeah. So because I'm fucked if I'm going to be, you know, working all day to then also do domestic work and obviously there was a very seminal feminist text called the second shift which says that very often in relationships and this is a you know of course how society changed over the 20th century for much of the 20th century women would not have had careers they would not have worked and it was considered that the domestic work was their job. So actually for much of the 20th century, it would have been expected that Charlotte would have had children much younger in her 20s and she would have married younger in her 20s. And the chance for Charlotte to establish a gallery in New York wouldn't have been a thing anyway. You know, during Capote's Manhattan, (laughs) there wouldn't have been many women running galleries. And... You know, as Charlotte points out, the women's movement came along and during the 70s and 60s, women did leave the kitchen and did get careers. And so it's correct that Sex and the City should be having this conversation because Carrie's generation was kind of like the second generation post the emancipation of women. And what what should, and really now, we're only, what, the third generation since the mm. emancipation of women so, you know, it's still a viable conversation. And I think it's one that society hasn't quite figured out. And that's why we've got this weird clash between working women and the cost of childcare. And it feels like we haven't resolved it. So actually, and very, very telling that two HBO dramas, 25 years apart, are having the same conversation about should a woman work or should a woman dedicate herself to the home? Yeah. Um, But on a purely practical level do i think it's smart for women not to give up work but to give up financial independence and no i think it's fucking stupid for people to give up Mm. financial independence because i have seen people unable to leave relationships because it would mean making themselves destitute yeah and making yourself wholly reliant on someone is never good is it really no um unless you don't have an alternative but i think that I think that purely with Charlotte's isolated situation, I think that my question for her, had I been one of the ladies, which none of them actually ask, is I would have said to her, are you doing this because you want to? Or are you doing this because you feel like it's what you should do because it's like the Mm. traditional thing? Um, Because the latter, I think, is bullshit. Like, if she's Mm -hmm. doing it just because it's what you do, then 
fuck off, Charlotte. But if she's doing it because she genuinely wants to, then mm. great, go ahead. And as well, I mean, had Charlotte said, I'm going to take a career break for three years. Yeah. All power to you. Yeah. Um, you know, especially as, as we seem to find out she has some trouble conceiving as well. Mm. So, you know, by all means, take a career break. I will say, again, to people listening to this little tiny burp there, sorry, listeners, <laughs> um, that once you leave a career, it can be somewhat hard to get back in mm. for the reasons that Samantha points out, which is there are there are thirsty 21-year-olds about to graduate from university and they are looking for your job. Yeah. Um. Which Gala- is why I think it... Gallerinas. Gallerinas. In this country, this is why we've got quite good laws around maternity leave, which is the idea is your job is protected for while you go off to have kids. But um, so it's something to be mindful of that once you leave a career path, it can be hard to get back into it. But that very much, I think, depends on what your career is, yeah. I think. But again, it's so frustrating because these are not conversations that men are having. You know, and this is why we're still in a patriarchy, mm. you know, because I don't think there are many men. There will be men, there will be straight cisgender men thinking, can I take two years off from my job because I want to spend time with the kids? You know, yeah. I want to be house husband. You know, my wife earns more than me. You know, what if I stay home to cut the cost of childcare? There will be men having that conversation, but I think there are infinitesimally more women having that conversation. Yeah. And that's one of the ways I know that we're still living in a fucking patriarchy, which is if this is headspace for women, but not headspace for men, then that's a sure sign it's some misogyny. And what's sad is like, it's also probably because like, I'm sure like loads of men or lots of men want to do that, but Mm. feel like they can't because they would feel like... I don't know, like failures or like you know toxic masculinity, all that. Like they, mm. they would feel they feel like they can't do it because they're men. Um, yeah, which obviously is like silly. it doesn't it doesn't help anyone. You yeah. know this notion that you know, and I saw this with with my sister a long, long time ago, which is you know her husband was working seven days a week. Mm. You know to be because Joanne was home with my sister was home with the babies. Mm. So Chris and so it didn't help either of them. She didn't have any support. He had to work all the hours God sends. Yeah. So the system the system is just broken. Yeah. Um and it doesn't make anyway. sense see that yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> no it just doesn't make sense. Anyway that's that's I mean it's a, do you know what? It feels like a while though since we've had a feminist rant on the yeah. podcast. So it's, like, about, it's about time. I like getting into it. Um, mm. Charlotte had a plate of just tomatoes for, for lunch, I noticed. There was some mozzarella on the plate oh, was as there? well. I scrutinised oh, okay. it because I was like, is she eating a plate <laughs> of tomatoes? It was, it was a mo- mozzarella salad. That's so funny that we both noticed that because I was like, yeah. if she's eating just tomatoes... How much did that cost? Well, Samantha's <laughs> like... bowl of fruit. I want to know the price tag on Samantha's bowl of fruit <laughs> as well. Um, it's interesting. Carrie had a sandwich. Carrie ate bread. Mm. Not doing the Atkins this week. Yeah, with abs like that. <laughs> I want to know how much bread she's eating. But... I kind of like, though, that they are at least realistic, a bit realistic with the diet. Because, like, in the OC, like, Misha Barton's, like, Marissa is always, like, eating burgers and stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. is she, though? <laughs> Misha Barton <laughs> like... was not eating a lot of burgers, she... I would hazard. Yeah. Um... Um, or maybe she was. Maybe she has, like, my... Because when I was about 18, I, I lived off basically chicken nuggets mm. and was... So thin, so, so thin 
basically, really, until I got on estrogen, I was mm. painfully thin. And then as as my body has changed, I now I store fat differently. But um, mm. most of it's on my tits, so that's great. Great. Um, <laughs> Trans Corner, very brief trip to Trans Corner <laughs> this week. Bing, bong, bing. Um, shall we talk about pubes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Helga the Hot Waxer. <laughs> yeah, do you know... I can't with with pubic because women, cis women, trans women, please get in touch. The pressure to be hairless down there, I think as a result of pornography, I can't because the more waxing, shaving, trimming I do down there, just it just gets really irritated. Shaving. Mm, if there is a magical solution to spotty, itchy crotch. I want to know what it is, because actually I think I would just prefer to have pubes. Mm. I'm just going to go out there and put, again, sorry, Max's mum. <laughs> I just, I can't with this baldness, I, this childlike baldness. It's something that I, I was thinking about it in relation to, like, gay men, because, like, gay mm. men have a lot of image issues as well, yeah. still. Um, and a lot of gay men, like... Love if you're really hairy, or love if you're really hairless. I think we talked about this before with Callie Thorpe. Mm. Um, and I like genuine, and this isn't me trying to sound like really open minded and bohemian and whatever, but I genuinely don't notice. I well, I do notice obviously, but I don't. It doesn't have any impact on me. I don't care if there's hair or if there isn't. Like nope. I care if I'm attracted to them or not. I don't care if they're hairy or not. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah. But a long, long time ago, an ex surprised me by removing all his pubes. Mm. I was surprised. It looked like one of those kind of hairless sphinx cats. Right. Mm. Um, you know, like Rachel's cat and friend. <laughs> yeah. It looked like that, but I was mother... Like, like, what kind of weird surprise is this? Like, <laughs> I would have preferred flowers. Kind of. Did he deliberately um, do it as a, he was like, I've got a surprise for you? Yes! <laughs> yes! Um... Maybe he so didn't quite... maybe he forgot to pick up flowers and was like, oh, I'll just shave all my pubes off instead. It was quite special, but um <laughs> I so I never quite understood that. But beyond the and what I noticed was the change more than anything else. And I think like anything, the feminist answer is you need the pubes that you feel happiest with. Yeah. Um because by and large I don't think anybody else cares. But I think and again, listeners particularly women, do get in touch. Are you being shamed for your pubic hair? Because actually I bet there are a lot of women being shamed for their pubes in the way that Samantha gets shamed. The man from Charmed, the detective from Charmed, tells her she needs to get a bikini wax. Um, mm. um, and then she responds by trimming his pubes. But that's interesting. Do we, do we think this episode was what taught men like cis straight men in particular that if you trim your pubes your dick will look bigger do you think this is where men learned it it's where i learned it <laughs> yeah case cl case closed that actually is I, I i actually thought that i was like oh yeah i remember this piece of information and then i was like i probably learned this piece of information from this very episode <laughs> um so i then think well, it is... there we go then i also learned from a gp recently that because mm -hmm. I, I was having some issues with itchiness and he was like do you ever get ingrowing hairs on your beard and I was like yeah sometimes and he was like that can also be an issue with your pubes so shave your pubes or like shave them in a certain way and he like showed me 
Um, and I now do that and it has solved it. And I thought it was something much more ominous and it was something as simple as just like shaving in the right place. Huh. Yeah, because that's because that, as I think we briefly mentioned back when Charlotte got crabs, which is the one good thing about pube fascism, is that crabs basically don't exist now. Yeah, and um, the days I remember, one of my hallmates in the halls of residence had to go get a load of pubicide because he got crabs, <laughs> um, and um, that doesn't really happen now because people, by and large, people just don't have pubes. Yeah, I so. can't remember the last time I heard of someone. Of one of my friends having because me and my friends would tell each other because it's funny yeah but i can't remember the last and time like i said that was the 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 last time i knew someone in real life who had crabs was at university so that would have been mm. like 2000 so mm. yeah so that that is the surprise benefit of nobody having pubic hair anymore but i do listeners do please getting know because if men are shaming women for having pubic hair and let's be very very clear women have pubic hair yeah it is something that happens it yes. is you know it's it is a biological reality. Cis or trans, that is the biological reality of womanhood we can all agree on. Yeah. Um, and like armpit hair, like facial hair, like any kind of bodily hair on a woman, it is. it should just be a woman's choice as to what she does with her body. And men shouldn't be... Men shouldn't even have a fucking opinion on what you're doing with your body hair, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. <laughs> Is what I say. <laughs> and that feels like a good place to finish on for this week. Um, thank you for joining us. I feel so good in my soul for having ranted about working conditions for women. Um, <laughs> listeners, please do get in touch. Um, if I was out of line, let me know. But um, it's something I feel really strongly about. Um, mm. I think by making one choice, you shouldn't be showing off another choice. And that's what it can feel a bit like. Especially post-pandemic as well, like, mm. after everything with work and all that. Um, yeah. Hmm. Next week, um, it's one of my it's one of my very, very favourite episodes. Um, my motherboard myself. Oh, yeah. Um, you will need your hankies ready. It's, it's a sad one um, as we... We arrive at our first ever funeral. And we say, City. and we also say goodbye to Carrie's hard drive as well. Very sad. Yes, yeah, she gets sad Mac. <laughs> sad um, don't be a sad Mac. Like and subscribe and join <laughs> us next week. And um, you can find us on social media at SIGTT Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And do get in touch and tell us how you're doing this week. Um, and we will see you next week. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.